Good afternoon, good morning and good evening wherever you are in the world. You're very welcome to this channel NarcCon where we deal with all things in relation to the narcissistic personality disorder. Today we're looking at the narcissist's diversion tactic in spiritual warfare. And this is, has been a hard one to piece together as I'm very passionate about getting this point across. An emotion comes into it and I don't want it to be too disjointed. So if you would bear with me as I'm making the points, I believe there will be a cohesive ending to the podcast, God willing. To start off with, I will start with a quote from, I believe the first person to coin it was Baudelaire and it's about the devil and he says the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And in this vein, I would like to look at the science of psychology in opposition to spirituality and spiritual energy. And as anyone who has been on this channel with me on this journey, you will know that I love psychology. There is so much benefit to psychology, but I also equally love and respect the spiritual aspects of narcissism. So recently I have been getting very worked up about the fact that psychology Whereas it is a fantastic science at breaking down and understanding the minute of human behaviour, it does not fully explain the origins of humanity and what humanity is and why humans are not predictable and do not always fall into the generalised pattern of psychological assessment, etc., and also the dangers in using psychology to cleanse and clean the destructive behaviours of some personality disorders. So without further going further into the introduction, I'd like to get into the finer points. So first of all, where did psychology come from and how ancient is psychology and what is it? Psychology is the scientific study of behaviours and mental processes in human beings. Would you believe it's a very young science? It started in the mid 1800s. I have down here done my research. Um, it was started up in the University of Leipzig by Wilhelm uh, Wundt and William James in 1879. Now that in the terms of the world and humanity and spiritualism and philosophy is a very young science, but great, it's a modern science and it seeks to, I suppose, put labels, um, put labels on people's behavior, explain, why people behave as they do, look at grooming and controlling and conditioning behaviours and the outcomes of those, and all very fascinating. But not 
all encompassing and it does not have all the answers. And that's what I would like to get into. So that leads on to the fact that in this day and age, a lot of people with the, I suppose, the arrogance of modernism and the fact that we feel we live in a civilised society as opposed, as opposed to societies that were in existence way before our time, a thousand, two thousand years ago, while a lot of philosophers in those days also sought to understand why we were here, why we exist, human behaviour, and I'm quite sure why certain people were narcissistic. In effect, there is an arrogance around modern day living and civilization, And a lot of people won't even look at a podcast or take up a book that says devil, that says possession, that says spiritual energy or demons, because they think that's old fashioned, old hat, and it was for people who ran around in loincloths and didn't have much else going on upstairs in their brains. And they just thought that, you know, God was the sun and the moon and that they had to find explanations for other people murdering other people. And they called it spirits and woohoo. Let's just park that there. Psychology seeks to put organisation on very disorganised human behaviour. Psychology does a very good job of placing labels in a generalised sense on human behaviour. Psychology does a very good job on cause and effect, i.e. people that go to trauma and trauma responses and trauma in childhood, does that lead to a person becoming an abuser? Yet, with all this wonderful science, and it is helpful, and we need to study human behaviour, and it's great to be able to have some level of predictability and to be able to help people when they go to a therapist to give them a categorization for perhaps what they may have gone through. However, this is generalised. Even though psychology and science have even studied people's brains in relation to saying if they can diagnose if someone is a narcissist and they say, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the narcissist has less grey matter in the areas of compassion for others and empathy and there's more concentration of the neurons firing or the neuropathways firing in the areas that are for self, self-aggrandizement and looking after the self and self-serving. I don't believe there are studies done on little newborn babies to see if people are born with that type of presentation on a scan. So I would say to you, even though psychology tries to nicely package predictability and define certain behaviours as being this way or that or being caused by trauma. Why is it that two, four, six people coming out of the same family 
one develops to become an empathic person and the other develops to become a narcissistic psychopath. Actually, psychology cannot explain that. Psychology cannot explain how or why we actually exist. Psychology cannot explain who put the brain together in the first place. Psychology cannot explain the drivers behind the evil, destructive nature of narcissists and psychopaths when they are threatened or when they feel they want to achieve something that the other person have has, steal, murder or do something that is going to give them pleasure and satisfaction. Therefore, I would say to you, psychology alone is dangerous in relation to using it as only a diagnostic tool to study the narcissistic personality disorder. It needs to be coupled with philosophy, with the energies around narcissism. And I'm going to now look at the spiritual aspects and see why if you study psychology and spirituality hand in hand, you're going to come out, in my opinion, with a much healthier, more wholesome view of the experience you may have been through with a narcissist or how dangerous a narcissist might be potentially and how to deal with people that are narcissistic and how to protect yourself going forward. So having explained or discussed the benefits of psychology, the origins of psychology and why this relatively new scientific area is very important, it should not obliterate the spiritual aspect of narcissism. And if people use it to obliterate the spiritual aspect of narcissism, it's actually a destructive force. Narcissists will explain all about narcissism. And there's even some narcissists and some channels that speak very eloquently about narcissism from a very professional point of view. And they kind of go, well, I can understand how people might talk about possession and demons and all that kind of thing. But actually, it's just psychology. It's just a process and I can explain it to you. There is a dangerous is the only word I can use aspect to that because it cleans it up. It takes away accountability to a certain extent. And it doesn't explain the heinous nature of when a narcissist flips and loses it or a psychopath flips and loses it. It is not enough to just explain it away with psychology. And I don't believe you can, because again, why does one person go down that route and the other person with relatively and similar experiences not? Spirituality. What makes us 
human? What is it to be human? How come some people who believe and believe in themselves and believe in humanity can overcome situations that have everything going against them? Like in war situations, it's another good way to describe this. When all is lost and the enemy is stronger, yet the cause on your side is for good and is to overcome the destruction, the cruelty perhaps of this enemy that's coming at you. And with very few people against a vast army, you pool your resources and you use your humanity and your passion for doing what's right and you all come together and work as a cohesive team and you manage, this has been seen over and over again in history, you, you manage to defeat an enemy that looked undefeatable. That's what I call a spiritual energy and that's what I call, without making people saints, because everybody, all humans have faults, but the righteous, the righteous will overcome. When people have a strong enough energy and a belief that is stronger than any human science, than any anything worldly. And that's where, and tell me if you, be, if you believe in this or you don't, every opinion matters here. It's a good argument. It's a good way to open up the minds in relation to how to approach our education in relation to narcissistic personality disorder. I'll tell you how freeing spiritualism is in the aspect of this particular narcissistic personality disorder and why a narcissist will try and divert you away from the spiritual elements of this because herein lies your power. Spirituality calls a spade a spade. If something is wrong, it's wrong. If something is right, it's right. If something is good, it's good. If something is bad and evil, it's bad and evil. It's destructive. It's wrong. Psychology tends to say, well, the person did that because they had this trauma in their life and this set up and they're defensive against, you know, they're, 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 it's a defensive personality disorder. Uh-uh. That's cleaning it. That's not taking accountability. It explains it in scientific terms and that is necessary and that has its place. But to understand it in those terms alone, in my view, is very narrow. It's very narrow minded. It doesn't allow for the healing of the spirit of the person to get clarity. And then that person will go, say, the victim of a narcissist who's gone through a lot of abuse with a narcissist as the narcissist wants to divert them from their own spirituality, their own self-belief, their own very clear belief in right and wrong, their own very clear belief in the truth. A narcissist will use the diversion tactic of explaining away and lacking accountability and saying, well, you see, this is what happens when a narcissist goes from borderline to narcissist. It's a kind of a splitting technique and that's what's happened. Will you tell that to a person who, say, lost a child to a narcissist? But it was just, you see, this is the process that they go through. That's not enough. 
That is not enough. And it mystifies and declarifies the actual spade being a spade. And it stops the person from just accepting that that was wrong. What happened to me was wrong. It doesn't make me perfect or completely right. But the actions that were taken against me were deceitful. They were filled with jealousy. They were filled with malintent. They were filled with bad thoughts against me. I was living with the enemy. Now, accept that. That's a starting point for you to heal from. Instead of confusing it, well, could they have been helped? I mean, was it just their trauma? Should I forgive them? If I go back to them, will it make a difference? Believe it when you see it. The devil's greatest trick is to con you into believing that he doesn't exist. And in modern day terms, even though it may not be purposeful, in modern day terms, we try and poo-poo demons. Demons, Demons don't exist. Evil doesn't exist. They're old fashioned terms. I would say, like for the last 2000 years, they are as relevant today as they were 2000 years ago. And just because we have a bumpity bump, whatever you want to call it, great new science called psychology, should not negate the great wisdom that's been passed down to us through our spiritual learnings and through our own self-spiritual beliefs and self-beliefs. The aspect of psychology that grates in relation to not bringing spirituality into your healing program is the victim shaming. And I've, I've dealt with this in the last month or two. The victim shaming that if you were with a narcissist and this can be a healthy, really, really, really healthy person. Having an experience with a narcissist, not knowing that narcissistic personality existed, you know, thinking that everybody was like me and therefore everyone has a conscience and there's only a minute section of the population that are serial killers and that are evil. That is not true. There are narcissists walking among us. And I will quote again, the devil's greatest trick was to make us believe that he doesn't exist. Narcissists exist and they're very capable of very foul things. And we need to call a spade a spade. Psychology will tell you maybe what to expect next from a behaviour pattern style, but that's as limited as it is. Spirituality will tell you that this person feeds on your spiritual energy and their spiritual drivers will drive them to do worse and worse and worse if it is necessary. They can be highly sadistic. They can attack your mind, attack attack your self-belief, which is a big one, and attack your belief in good and confuse what's good and what's bad. Keep it clear. Keep it spiritual. Keep it spade is a spade, is a spade. It is not a fork. It's a spade. Then you have the problem. If you have a modern day person who doesn't really believe in spirituality and that's not your fault and you're entitled to not believe in spirituality. 
But if you've been and seen the face behind the mask of a narcissist, psychology will seem very <laughs> in relation to explaining the feeling you got from that person and the devastation you feel inside and your ripped self-belief and your ripped view of what's right and what's wrong, what's real and what's not, what's true and what's a lie. And excuse me, I know anyone that's going through this healing journey will go through these stages of rumination, of trying to get their minds straight. It's the two to three month stage is the worst for this. You will get through it. You will get through it. You're going to be okay. Stick with it. Keep watching the videos. Do whatever you have to do. Whatever you have to do to get through this stage. Eventually, it's going to make sense and you're going to thrive because of the experience you had. So, going back to the point, you get someone who's a very modern person who, you know, sees a, a title that says demon and, you know, bad spiritual energy and goes, not for me, not for me. I know I'm a modern person. I'm very intelligent, probably are very highly intelligent. So I go to the psychology an annuals or an annals and I will see what I was dealing with and then I will be able to move forward. So there must be something wrong with me because I was dealing with this person. And that's like saying to the person who got murdered by a murderer, there must be something wrong with you because you were murdered by that person. And that's an analogy I'd like you to keep in your minds. When you're hearing the narcissist's words in your mind, you're not good enough, it's your fault. If you hadn't done this, you know that crap that goes around in your mind and you're still confused when you're in the healing stages. So the person goes along and says, I'm going to get therapy. I must need therapy because I'm very, very confused. I've never had found it so hard to get over any relationship before. And I feel depressed and I can't seem to, when I go and exercise and do all the things that I should do, I can't seem to lift myself out of this. Will it ever end? Or do I have to do something? And we won't go into that aspect of it because this is YouTube. But people often, unfortunately, cannot see a way out. You go to a therapist who doesn't know about narcissistic personality disorder and they treat you as a client or even a psychiatrist. I have, I've actually had one psychiatrist come to me for coaching, believe it or not. Even psychiatrists, when you go to them, there is kind of an onus on them to give you a diagnosis or to give you a healing program that makes sense in their particular capacity. You could be going to a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist or whatever. Usually psychiatrists, because you go to them and say, there's something wrong with me, can you tell me what's wrong with me, will give you a diagnosis, despite the fact that your reaction to the abuse that you suffered in the hands of a narcissist or psychopath is a healthy reaction and a trauma response. They will then diagnose you if they're not aware of the narcissistic personality disorder in the fullness of its spiritual energy. And that's the best way I can describe it. We'll say, well, because you reacted like that to what they did there, you're, and I hate this term, people, a people pleaser. That's another dastardly, unhelpful being an understatement of a word. 
to describe somebody who's actually a kind, generous, warm person who gets pleasure from seeing other people happy. They make that more into a codependent thing where there's something wrong with you. And whereas an overemphasis of it can be detrimental to you as a person, they seem to use this term for anyone these days who shows the signs of being a good person. And this is another thing that psychology can ruin people. You know, they, they think then, oh, I, I'm too soft, I'm too kind, I'm too nice, I'm too generous. I have to start being more like the narcissist. This is dangerous. This is where psychology needs to draw a line, get educated on the darkness of some personality disorders. And that person presenting to them for help has had a healthy reaction to such abuse, to such darkness. And do not diagnose them then with, say, being bipolar or being borderline or being having some other disorder that they will come up with or putting you on medication. Medication may be necessary, you may be depressed, there may be some things that will help you, but sometimes they medicate you for a personality disorder in itself, even when these are the, these are the, the doctors and, and people that don't really fully understand the impact. And this again is just my opinion. They don't fully understand the impact of this abuse on the individual. It would be more appropriate, can I say, to treat people that come out of this personality disorder to rebuild themselves back up to what they were beforehand and to improve on that version of themselves, but not to victim blame. To victim enhance and say, you did well to only react in that way because what you were up against was really dangerous, was really mind-blowingly destroying and the complexity and the layers of abuse that were going on in that situation oftentimes send a person over the edge. So you're here, you're getting help. Let's look at your good points. Let's look at what you did right in that relationship. Instead of going the opposite way and saying, you did this wrong. You probably caused this person to do this. You were 50% to blame. No, no, no. Maybe in some minute level of cases. But if you were a semi-normal human being that went into a relationship, an intense relationship, with a narcissistic personality disordered person, and you're coming out of this trying to make sense of it, and you're not looking at the spiritual element of calling a spade a spade. This was wrong what happened to me. I'm not a saint, but this was wrong what happened to me. That person has issues. That person is driven by evil forces to get their needs met. I need to separate from that person. I need not to judge myself on that person. I need to look at what I did right. And then I need to work on my self-belief in myself. I need to really build myself back up. I need to be strong and I need to hold on to my beliefs in my own spirituality and in the spirituality that I've believed in before and in the good of humanity.
Just let me check my notes, guys, and see if there's anything I haven't covered here. Yeah, I think that that, I think in general, that psychology cannot explain or predict precisely why a person develops a certain way. They can, psychology can give you guidelines as to criteria that would have encouraged a person on a certain path. But they ultimately cannot explain, the science of psychology cannot alone explain why a person then proceeds even with the intervention of help down a certain path where they're self-serving and where they're totally destructive to other people. It cannot explain why we're here. It cannot explain humanity in itself. It cannot explain the power of belief. There are areas that Whereas it gives great guidelines and is a fantastic science and we would be lost without it. And it really helps for the majority of normal kind of problems. If someone finds themselves not achieving what they'd like to achieve, it can give tools and guidelines in those areas. Psychiatry can diagnose when someone actually presents to them. If you get a good psychiatrist, it's like everything that's fully aware of the experiences you've been through. Great, they can give you a diagnosis that you can work on. But please, please be aware it is an imperfect science. It is great that we have it. But I believe, and let me know your feelings in the comments, if you use this fantastic science along with spirituality, it will give a lot more clarity and it will help you believe in yourself, understand what happened. And with clarity, you can proceed on a healing journey where you build yourself back up. And I'm not saying not to take accountability, but in this circumstance, you cannot be accountable for a murderer and why they do something just because you were there. And if that's oversimplifying it, I'm sorry, but we have had a lot of complexity and poo-pooing spirituality and glamorizing and sexualizing the psychology and the labels of psychology and saying, you fit in that drawer, he fits in that drawer, she fits in that drawer, and we're all good. We're not. We're not. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to life. It's a lot more complex. Um, and in the complexity, understanding it from a wholesome viewpoint, I think we reach simplicity and understanding. God bless. Thank you for being here. Please consider sharing, subscribing and liking. The word gets out that way. So it's a little thing you can do, but it's a big thing for the channel and for myself and for this information getting out there. And I really appreciate you and I appreciate the comments. Thank you so much. God bless to everyone. Until the next time, see you soon again. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.